You are listening to the Bark the Browns podcast with Brandon Wolf and Asa Hasledge. Hey guys, welcome on in to the Bark of the Browns podcast. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, as you know, Asa Hasledge. Um, Brandon is not feeling very good today. Uh, just, you know, hopefully he gets better soon. Uh, so it's going to be me and you today. Um, so we're halfway through the season now, the NFL season. Uh, trade, day, trade deadline, excuse me, uh, came and went. Nothing really. I mean, across the league, obviously, we didn't do anything. But uh, across the league, nothing really happened. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things about next year's cap and all that. Uh, so it, it was a tricky situation for a lot of teams. So there wasn't really any big moves, I guess. Um, so it, it, there wasn't really anything to talk about. Uh, so we're going to open things up, obviously, with the Browns. Uh, we say it all the time, you know, Brown-centered podcast. So I guess I can give my thoughts, you know, on the Browns and, you know, the lack of moves, I guess you could say, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if it is a cap space issue, then, you know, that that's the most important. Uh, you know, we talk about all the time on this podcast. It's the NFL is a business and biz- the main point of a business is to make money. So if you're spending a, a, a lot of money, you're not making a lot of money. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's just simply a business decision to not make a lot of those moves to, you know, just keep guys where they're at. So, you mean, you understand it. Obviously we were Browns fans were pretty disappointed at the lack of moves. Um, I mean, I didn't even really hear anything from (laughs) reliable sources, at least, uh, you know, there wasn't really any rumors of, you know, Andrew Barry even talked about it or anything or even talked about a move. Um, you know, I'm not talking the guy or anything. Obviously, Andrew Barry has done some some good things. This, you know, the entire, you know, coaching staff, uh, front office, I'm pleased with the season thus far. Um, you know, Andrew Barry is a smart guy. He's not going to make a decision to negatively affect the team. and that's just it, it's just smart uh gm work by andrew barry i guess um you know straight up from a fan aspect i mean i said it on the on the last episode that we made uh if you guys did listen you remember me talking about it i was saying you know forget the future um you want to be in a win now mode and just trade for guys now um you know with this cap space thing um if we really did that, I mean, we'd maybe have one or two good years and we'd be back in the same boat we've been for the past 21 years. So, you know, I, looking back at it now, it, it does make a lot more sense that nothing really happened. Um, I, and obviously, we're all probably a little disappointed. Uh, <laughs> it's an understatement. We're disappointed that moves weren't made. Um, but... You know, these guys, uh, specifically on defense, are just going to have to step up heavy. I mean, it's been a week-in and week-out thing when we've previewed all these games so far. It's just we've talked about the Browns' defense has to step up. You know, these key players have to step up. Um, and it's it's just a repetitive co- uh, topic that 
we're probably going to be covering through the rest of the season as we preview these games. It's just going to be how's our defense going to perform? Who's finally going to step up? I mean, obviously, Miles and Denzel have been really good and they've made plays. Uh, Denzel has made really remarkable plays, uh, but, the, you know, they stepped up. And Miles obviously stepping up big time, leading the league in sacks. Um, It's just, you know, a defense cannot revolve through two guys. Uh, Two guys cannot stop, you know, an NFL offense. That's just not it. Uh, Safeties were definitely a big issue, have been a big issue, and are going to be a big issue for the rest of the season. And we would have loved to see safety help, uh, defensive help, linebacker help, something. Um, You know, with some of the guys being cut and things like that, um, you know, maybe we're looking, we could possibly sign uh, Clay Matthews on the linebacking core. Uh, That's the linebacking core itself is obviously been a big struggle. Um, And I would love to see Clay Matthews on this team. Uh, It's just kind of the touching on the old points I've made before. It's, a second chance for the Browns. We missed out on drafting him when he came out because he was too small, but he went and won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Um, and he, he was a pivotal part in that uh, defense. And it, it's kind of a, it's a second chance for the Browns to finally snag the guy up. And, you know, obviously his dad playing here uh, when we were really, really good, you know, had that pivotal interception against the Bills in the playoffs. Uh, way back in the day before I was even alive. Um, it, it's, it would be a morale boost, I think, for fans, for the team. You know, a really good storyline. And obviously, you know, he's a veteran guy. He's going to come in, have a leadership role. He's going to obviously improve the linebacking core if we do sign him. And he could be a leader that we're looking for. You know, obviously, if Clay Matthews comes here, a lot of these guys are going to be looking up to him. And we have a lot of young guys. I mean, uh, Taki, Taki, Mac Wilson. Uh, it, it would be good to have, you know, an older veteran guy in that room, you know, at, at a leadership role. And it, it would really, really help solidify this defense a little bit. I mean, obviously the main, main struggles are our safeties. But, you know, Clay Matthews just kind of sitting there. Um, it, it would be really, really good if we did sign him. But, you know, like you said, uh, just, you know, the cap space issue for next year. Uh, so, it, you know, it's a tricky situation on how to make moves, uh, whether to make moves, what moves to make, you know, stuff like that. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I was big on Stefan Gilmore. Uh, I, I mean, they, we knew ahead before they even came out and said stuff that it was going to have to be a very, very big package. Um, that we we're going to have to offer the Patriots for Stefan Gilmore. And then they said they wanted uh, two firsts or a first and a player, I believe, uh, one, one of that combination. And, uh, you know, the cards weren't right for Andrew Barry. So he didn't make the moves uh, we talked about. I mean, these are both kind of far-fetched trades and wishful thinking trades, but uh, we talked about J.J. Watt also. Um, he, he's obviously very unhappy in Houston, uh, he's looking to get out. Um, I, I think a lot of the guys are looking to uh, get out of that. And, I mean, maybe trading for J.J. Watt would have been, you know, nice. 
Um, it, it's not what it is. Is it, it, we didn't really need another defensive end. It, it was just what I think would have helped if we did get J.J. Watt or a really big-name uh, defensive end alongside Miles. Is Obviously, he's drawn double teams a lot. And the rest of the defensive line has not really been stepping up. And, you know, when Miles is getting those double teams, it's not like, a, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so get in there. We haven't really seen that. I mean, obviously, Olivier Vernon last game had two sacks against the Raiders. But, I mean, that's the first I've seen of the dude since we've si- uh, acquired him from New York. Um, so it, it, it would have just helped if we had another big name on that line because both of those guys would would have wreaked havoc uh, coming off the ends. And, you know, obviously Miles is very, very good at pressuring the quarterback, sacking the quarterback, and having another guy that's really, really good alongside of him. It would have just been complete chaos for an offensive line. And it would have been pressuring your quarterback to make poor decisions, which would help our struggling defensive backfield to, you know, come up with big plays, not let, um, you know, deep routes go past them, not letting them get burnt. It would have definitely helped, uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. So, um, you know, on to the rest of the season. Uh, we, we are, I think, me personally, you know, we're in a good spot. Um, obviously, the record we expected uh, to have at this point would have been 6-2. and two. Uh, But that's, you know, not how it worked out. Uh, we talked about in the, in the last episode, we recapped the game. Uh, if you missed it, go back and watch it. Uh, just, you know, our recap on the Raiders game, what we thought, how they played. Uh, obviously, it wasn't what we wanted. And it, it, we definitely are, we were expecting, honestly. We knew it was going to be a challenge, but we were expecting to be 6-2 and two on the season at this point. And it, it that just hasn't happened. Um, so we, you know, we're sitting at five and three at our bye week halfway through the season. Um, and, you know, I'm still pleased with the team, with how the team's been running, how uh, Coach Stefanski has coached this team. He's put us in good situations to win. He's implemented a great system that has worked very well. Uh, you know, the coaching staff all together has, you know, with – the pieces missing out of this team. I mean, you still got to give hats off to this, to this, you know, how they've done things. And I, I'm, you know, obviously I'm, I not pleased necessarily with the record. Cause I know it could have been six and two, but you know, altogether at this point, I'm, I'm still pleased with the team uh, looking ahead to the future. I'm excited. You know, this team has a chance to do great things. I, I mean, I, I'm still excited about this team. It, it's going to be a bummer uh, sitting around Sunday on our bye week and, you know, not watching Browns football. It, I mean, obviously it's a bye week. It happens to everyone uh, varying week to week, but it, it's, it's still going to be like, damn, man, I want to see the Browns right now because they're exciting to watch. You know, I, I think fans actually look forward to watching the Browns. It's not just you sit on the couch. Oh, here we go. What's this three hours going to look like that, you know, we've seen in the past and this team is, has made it exciting, has made me happy to be a Browns fan. I was still, you know, don't get it twisted. I was still 
you know, from birth. I'm still proud to be a Browns fan. No matter what has happened, what happens, I'm still proud to be a Browns fan, but it's, <laughs> I'm actually happy watching the Browns. Um, it's a joy to watch them. I mean, if you've been a Browns fan for the past 20 plus years, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It hasn't been very exciting. And this year, it has been. Um, it's just, it's great to see. And looking forward to the future, Browns fans, we have Nick Chubb coming back off his injury. Uh, Miles is getting rested up off the foot, you know, and a lot of the guys are resting up, the guys that are hurt. Um, I mean, Jarvis Landry playing through broken ribs. Uh, you can't really do a quick fix on that. Uh, Baker Mayfield with his cracked ribs. Uh, he's getting some good rest. Um, like I said, again, Miles with the foot is getting good rest. And all these guys, period, are getting, you know, good rest. Uh, you know, they're still practicing. Uh, but it. I, I'm not going to try and necessarily dog the team or anything. I'm not trying to say this in that negative light. I'm just pointing out what I saw and what I observed. Uh, watching the postgame press conferences on, uh, I believe it was Twitter, on their live feed, the Browns live feed. I mean, they had it across all their social media platforms, I believe. But I was just so happy to be on Twitter at the time. And watching the guys, uh, specifically Baker, kind of talk about it. And it, it, Baker more so showed it than the rest of the guys. But, uh, it, I mean, they almost seem relieved that they were at this point. And, you know, I'm not saying like they're just happy to get the game over with and they didn't give a shit how they played or anything like that. Uh, but it's it just came at a really, really good time. And they absolutely did not avoid that question at all. Uh, Baker is just straight up like, yeah, dude, like this is came at a perfect time. Uh, it's a really good opportunity to get the guys rested. And we really, really need it. Um so I'm really looking forward to the guys coming back healthier. I mean, obviously, uh, Baker and Jarvis ain't going to be 100%, but, you know, they they got this period where they can rest. They're not playing a game, uh, you know, the travel and all that. Um, you, you know, I personally, I've been on a plane once. It was when I was a baby going to Florida, so I don't really count it. I, you know, never really experienced, like, the jet lag thing and, you know, flying across time zones and all that crazy stuff. But, you know, from what I've heard and what the players have talked about, um, you know, not only in the NFL, but period in professional sports, from what I've heard is travel is, you know, their least favorite thing and just the constant travel of things. Um, and, you know, flying across the time zone can definitely take a toll on you. So, you know, not having to fly, uh, you know, to travel, and not have to prepare for a game. I mean, obviously guys are practicing, getting the rust out, but, you know, not really having to prepare and then get, you know, beat up as much as they did uh, in, you know, in the game against Oakland. Uh, I mean, we know Jarvis took a, a monster hit in the end zone, getting sandwiched between two guys. And he immediately, I mean, I'd seen him in midair on the replay, you know, wenching his eyes and giving that, ugh, look, I mean, that, that hurt pretty damn bad, you know, watching it. And I can only imagine how it felt getting actually hit like that. Uh, so, you know, I'm hoping, you know, the best for Jarvis, hoping he rests up well, and hopefully he's feeling better when he comes back for the game, uh, for our next game after the bye week. So, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping these guys, you know, are getting their rest, you know, taking care of their bodies, 
and, you know, are coming back feeling a little better and getting ready to finish off the second half of the season and where we can go. Um, so speaking on, you know, the second half of the season, uh, we gave our quarter of the season awards. It was week four, uh, predicting what players would win, what awards. So we are at the halfway point of the season. And, you know, I'm going to give mine uh, who I think is going to win what award and kind of give some backstory uh, behind it, why I think it. So uh, we're just, I'm going to get right into it here. Um, just kind of like how we did it last time. So my MVP, MVP pick is still going to be Russell Wilson. Um, you know, although he he's out of the top five in passing yards, he's ranked sixth. Um, he is, I mean, his completion percentage is the best out of the five ahead of him. He as at a seventy one and a half percent completion rate for his passes, and he in a phenomenal twenty six to six touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, I mean, dude's on fire. Um, you know, they're playing pretty well in Seattle. Uh, they're obviously offensively dominant and not so much on the defensive side which is <laughs> pretty weird because you know how we know how I used to know how we all used to know the Seattle Seahawks was you know the legion of boom you know that defense was scary as hell and I mean now it, it's kind of weird seeing that the offense is the powerhouse and the defense is you know lacking uh but you know Russell Wilson is I mean still for me taking the cake for this honestly um, offensive player of the year, I'm a little torn here. Um, so I'm going to give kind of both of my, you know, I don't really have a for sure locked in pick for this award. So I'm going to give in, uh, both my picks here and, you know, kind of my backstory and, you know, why I think so. So, um, one guy I've been really looking at this year and he's had a lot of eyes on him. Um, he's had a pretty solid season is uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, you know, he's been a fun weapon for young quarterback Kyler Murray. Uh, it, it's, you know, they've had a pretty good connection so far. I mean, we've seen the viral clip of him just laughing at the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was covered one, one-on-one man coverage. I mean, you know exactly what's going to happen. Didn't even grab the laces of the ball, just chucked it up in the end zone. And <laughs> what do you know? Touchdown. Um, so... I mean, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins has been a threat. And, you know, coming up to a new team, uh, we kind of talked about that. Um, I made that point a little bit in the last couple episodes, I think. Of You know, sometimes players just need, you know, a new environment, uh, and you know, a new place, just a fresh start. And you never know what a fresh start can do. I mean, we've seen it with Khalil Mack when he got traded to Chicago. Uh, it, you know, it did great things for him. Um, so just kind of getting back on DeAndre Hopkins here, uh, you know, it's, it's been fun for Kyler Murray, I think to, you know, have Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins on the same team to throw it to, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is leading the league in receiving yards with 704. Um, he's had, he's, he's gotten 57 receptions so far and he's averaging 12 and a half yards per reception. I mean, that's big time right there. You know, that's, that's first down every time averaging um and he's gotten three touchdowns on the season uh it it definitely has been fun watching this cardinals team uh i mean you know the past however many years or so they've been you know they've been lacking um so now having kyler murray and adding deandre hopkins to the team 
it's I think it's revitalizing uh, Arizona. I, I think, you know, they're in the boat that we are. Um, you know, the past years have been, <laughs> well, for us, it's, they've been pretty terrible. Um, but for them, it's been lackluster. Uh, and now, I mean, they have something to be excited about now, too. And, you know, I, this team has, I think, a pretty bright future also. Uh, so we're only going to see, you know, what happens. Uh, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is definitely going to reach the 1,000-yard mark this season. Um I mean, <laughs> you say it, but you never know what could happen. Um, but, you know, being 296 yards away from 1,000 yards on the season, you know, you think it's bound to happen. Um, so the pick that uh, – another pick, it's, it's you know, the pretty pick. Uh, you know, I think it's the pick that NFL is going to want to be out there is Patrick Mahomes. Um, I mean, obviously, we all know what Patrick Mahomes is. He's pretty much the face of the league uh, coming off a Super Bowl victory. Uh, you know, like I said, it's just a pretty pick. You know, quarterbacks in the NFL are they're on the, a golden throne. Um, he's, he has 2,315 yards passing on the season. Um, his touchdown to interception ratio, monster, 21 to 1. I mean, having only one interception on the season at this point is amazing. Um, you know, but one thing I'm looking at is his 67% completion rate. Um, you know, I, I mean, it's not terrible, but it, it's, you know, a little low still. Um, you know, I, I mean, comparing it to Russell Wilson, it's low. Um, you know, I, I mean, pretty much all the quarterbacks currently are kind of averaging around that, especially the guys on the top uh, receiving yards. Uh, receiving or passing yard leaders, excuse me, are you know all around that high sixties uh, range. So, uh, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So, uh, you know, he can be thrown also in the MVP talks uh, just because. Um, but I I have him and DeAndre Hopkins kind of at a toss up at this point with uh, offensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year for me still is Miles Garrett. Uh, he's still proving that he's an absolute monster so far. I mean, from every team he's faced, uh, you know, aside from Oakland coming, uh, not getting a, a lot of playing time. Uh, he he didn't really get to show it against Oakland, but so far on the season, he's been very, very, very good. Um, he really isn't so, showing signs of slowing down either, <laughs> which is scary. Nine sacks on the season, tied for first with Aaron Donald. Uh, 19 solo tackles, four forced fumbles. I mean, the dude seems like he's in the backfield every play. Um, I mean, Miles Garrett is obviously a force to be reckoned with. Um, I mean, we gave him that monster deal, and he's just playing like, hey, I actually deserve this. Yeah, you guys made a good decision here. So, I mean, it is really good to see. You know, some players don't, you know, they get that money and they kind of drop off. But seeing Miles Garrett playing the way he is now, it's really, really good. Um, and it's definitely fun watching Miles Garrett wreak havoc on quarterbacks and offensive lines across the league. And, you know, it's the sky's the limit from here. It's only halfway through the season. So I'm definitely really excited for what Miles Garrett is going to show us and, you know, show the league and, you know, put them on notice. Um, you know, a lot of the Steelers fans, haters I got, 
you know, saying TJ Watt's better and Miles Garrett, you know, ain't going to win it. You know, we're just going to see at the end of the season when the honors uh, honor ceremony comes up and Miles Garrett is given that award. We're going to see. Uh, so, uh, rookie of the year for me, it's still the same also with uh, both me and Brandon predicted uh, Joe Burrow as rookie of the year. Also, we both predicted Miles Garrett as defensive player of the year. Uh, you know, he's definitely coming into his own in the league so far. Uh, you know, he's taken some beatings pretty early on, uh, but he's learned, you know, it ain't like college. You can't just spin and juke a lot of guys. You you got to slide when you got a grown man running at you, um, which, I mean, I mean, you notice. Uh, I really don't see, uh, watching college, I don't see a lot of quarterback slide, period. So, you know, it's definitely an adjustment. Uh, it's just something to get used to. It's more so muscle memory. Uh, you know, instinct, your instinct is to try and juke guys and make a spin move and make a play, but... You know, those jukes and spins don't work in the league. And it, it's a hard adjustment for a young quarterback coming in to learn to slide or run out of bounds or whatever and not take as much hits. Because, um, you know, you're facing 18 to 21-year-olds in college and then coming in and facing grown-ass men in the league. So, you know, it, it's definitely an adjustment to make. Uh, Joe Burrows, he's working on that. Um, but he is coming to his own in the league. He's got 2,272 yards passing on the season pretty damn good uh he has 11 to 5 touchdown interception ratio uh which is i mean that's pretty solid uh obviously cincinnati is a struggling team uh <laughs> they're in the boat right now that we've been in multiple times for multiple years uh you know a rebuilding phase uh you know trading uh, Geno Atkins uh, to Seattle. I mean, that's that's a big move. I forgot to even talk about. Uh, but trading Geno Atkins to uh, Seattle was a big move. I mean, that's a veteran guy. So, you know, they're obviously building for the future now. Uh, I believe they tried to move A.J. Green, or there's rumors of moving A.J. Green, but, um, yeah, it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, but they're obviously going to, I think in the offseason, definitely try and move those guys again. Uh, or AJ Green again, not those guys. Uh, you know, moving moving AJ Green, um, or maybe they can you know keep him around, have a weapon for Joe Burrow. Who knows? Um, but you know, with the talent AJ Green has, you know, it kind of sucks to see him in that situation. Uh, you know, it's not like a Detroit situation where your whole career is wasted. Uh, but you know, it does kind of suck to see you know AJ Green stuck in that. And you know, if he's with a different team, a better quarterback, I mean, who knows? Um, but you know, he, I, I think Joe Burrow's definitely going to be a very decent quarterback. Uh, he's definitely going to improve on things, uh, coming in and, you know, we're down, we're going to see the guy twice a year. Um, he hasn't made his pay yet in his rookie year. Uh, I mean, obviously he threw for a shit ton of yards on us, uh, second time around, I think. Uh, but at the end of the day, we still got the win out, but, uh, I mean, you know, this kid's definitely on notice in the league. Uh, it's, <laughs> shouldn't really call him a kid. He's two years older than me, but uh, and let's just say this guy is definitely put on put the league on notice. Uh, he's definitely one of the young stars that the league is paying attention to. And, yeah, I, you know, once this guy gets it going and, you know, settles into the league, I think it's, you know, going to be very worrisome to see him twice a year. Uh, for us down in Cincinnati. So coach of the year also still the same. Uh, honestly, the rest of these wards, um, you know, not even going to spoil it. Um, 
Coach of the year, I'm still going to go with Kevin Stefanski. Um, just touching on the points I made earlier in the episode when I was focusing more on the Browns. Uh, you know, rookie head coach handling the offensive play calling as well. Uh, the past two times we've seen it has been absolutely terrible. Uh, the Hugh Jackson era, the Freddie Kitchens era, the whole head coach and I'm calling the plays thing. Uh, it, it was obviously terrible. And, uh, you know, I probably wasn't the only one that was worried about this when Kevin Stefanski first came in to take over the team. And when he said that he was also, he was going to be dealing, uh, or he's going to be taking over the coaching, head coaching and play calling, I was very worried. But uh, so far through the season, he's done a pretty good job. Uh, you know, there obviously has been some decisions where it's like, what the hell? What was that? Um, but, you know, those, um, if uh, most, if not all of those decisions that I questioned, uh, looking back on how the game did play out, uh, it's just like the dude's playing chess out there, and it did work out. Um, you know, the, uh, we made that point when we had Cameron Justice, who was a digital content creator for News Channel 5, when she was a guest on the uh, podcast a couple of episodes ago. She made, uh, I think she made that exact point that it's just like he's just playing chess. Um, it, he's done a very good job. Um you know, I, I think he's he's done a good job with kind of making Baker realize what the situation he's in and also at the same time not just necessarily burying the guy. Uh, you know, we obviously see him uh, make Baker build confidence back in himself. Uh, I think Kevin Stefanski, I mean, we've seen him lose his confidence a little bit in Baker, but then earn, uh, Baker earned it back. And I mean, for Baker, this is his third, fourth system. And I mean, he's had a new system every year he's been in the league and he's adjusted to this one very well. Um, you know, with, like we said, like I said, again, it, you know, with the lack of weapons that we have, uh, you know, the lack of players, personnel, all that, it, it's just a. It's been a positive outcome. I mean, we have a winning record. That's what we got to look at. Um, you know, at the time when we lost, and people were saying, "Hey, Browns fans, we're five and three still." I was just like, "Man, just like that." I mean, we still fucking lost. Um, but you, you know, now looking at it, like, yeah, I, I'm I'm still disappointed. It's not six and two, but it's still five and three. It's still a winning record. Um. And we have not had a lot of those. Um, so it, 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 he's put us in a good spot still. Uh, and we still have a whole second half of the season to go. I'm very excited. Uh, just kind of touch on these points again. I'm just excited to what Kevin Stefanski has uh, in store for us. Um, how he coaches his team through the rest of the season. You know, how he has these guys fight through adversity through the rest of the season. And it's just, you know, I'm excited for how the rest of the season is going to play out with these guys again. I mean, it's not much you can really say, um, but I, I'm just at the end of the day, I'm still excited and I want Kevin Stefanski here. Uh, you know, at this point I want him here for a while. I mean, you know, with our past coaches at this point in the season, we're, you know, 
we're pitchforks and torches to these guys. And uh, Kevin Stefanski has definitely uh, been a guy that, you know, it's, hey, guys, like, you know, I have a good system here. I think you guys are proud of the system. So, uh, you know, just stick with me. And, you know, things can't happen overnight. Um, obviously, with our history, we want, you know, everything to come together and, you know, just be on the snap like that overnight. But it's not. And we're going to need a couple years of this. But with this situation that we have, with the roster we have right now, I'm completely okay with waiting for a year or two for this develop to develop. And it's going to take like that. And obviously, as much as we want it to be a win now thing, it's not going to come full circle yet right away. Um, You know, this team still has a shot at making the playoffs. I mean, if we make the playoffs, that's success for the season. I mean, even if we lose the damn game, that's still a success to me. Uh, So, like I said, man, it's not going to develop overnight. But Kevin Stefanski, I think, is the guy to lead us to where we want to go. Um, so comeback play of the year is also the same big Ben, uh, you know, unfortunately he's a stealer, um, hate to say it, but he's, he's looked pretty solid after coming off of elbow surgery. I mean, especially in the throwing arm, uh, honestly, I mean, if this was another guy, uh, getting surgery in his elbow, uh, I think this would be career ending, but big Ben is tough. Um, you know, he's a stealer, whatever, but you have to give respect, you know, where it's earned. Um, and Big Ben has definitely earned the respect. Uh, he's Hall of Famer. He's got his gold jacket wait for him. Um, and like I said, a lot of other quarterbacks getting surgery on their arm, their throwing arm. It's a career ender. Uh, but Big Ben has definitely come in and he has proven that he's he's a tough cookie and um he's looked pretty solid himself uh 1628 1628 yards on the season uh 15 to 4 touchdown to interception ratio um you know, I mean and the team obviously is unstoppable um so it, it's you know the Steelers team is what it is, but Big Ben is still looking pretty good. Um, you mean you know, at 38 years old, having elbow surgery on a throwing arm, that's tough. Um, so, it, like I said, it, it's tough to talk about him like this because he's a stealer, but he's uh, he's got my respect. You know, coming back after this, um, I don't want to see him go farther than us, obviously, but you know, this team is definitely gonna make a deep run. Um, in the in the playoffs, it's no question about it. Unless something absolutely drastic happens, uh, this team's definitely got you know all the tools to make it. Um, so you know that's that's the season predictions. We just got Brandon actually just texted me uh, his picks. So um, I'm gonna go over Brandon's picks here. And, you know, just, I guess, give kind of my backstory. It's not exactly his thoughts on it, but, you know, we mostly agree on the takes that we have. So um, his MVP, also Russell Wilson. I mean, (laughs) going over the stats already, dude's completely on fire, man. Um, You know, giving his stats again, he's six in passing yards. But, I I mean, for me, the amount of touchdowns he's thrown compared to his interceptions are phenomenal. 
and his pe- his completion percentage is phenomenal too. Um, you know, Seattle is definitely going to um make a deep run also in the NFC playoffs. Um, so we are definitely going to see uh what's going to happen with that. Um, offensive player of the year is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, like I said, it, it, <laughs> we agree on a lot of stuff. So, uh, it, it you know, so looking at some of these now, um, I, I definitely have some different things, uh, definitely that we can talk about. Uh, so obviously having Patrick Mahomes as his offensive player of the year, which I mean, it makes sense, like I said, and it's, you know, the pretty pick, you could say. Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the poster boy of the NFL, and he's definitely earned the right to be the poster boy of the NFL. And, uh, you know, I definitely would not be surprised if he wins Offensive Player of the Year. Um, so, I mean, that's definitely, you know, a good pick. Um, so... Um, now looking onto defensive player of the year, it's also the same. Uh, Miles Garrett, you know, as I think I touched on so far, as much as I can touch on with these guys, uh, it, it's just Miles is Miles. Uh, definitely looking forward to what he's going to give us for the rest of the season. You know, the dude's a complete monster. So, uh, like I said, I'm just very excited for what. Miles Garrett is going to provide for us for the rest of the season. Um, now we're going into the different picks that Brandon gave compared to what I did. Um, and one of the guys that has definitely uh, impressed me is Chase Claypool. Uh, Mapletron, as they call him, uh, due to the fact that he's strikingly similar to uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, but he's from Canada, so they call him Mapletron. Uh, 6'4", 238. I mean, dude's a physical freak. And, you know, his play is obviously showing that also. Um, he has 23 receptions, 375 yards on five touchdowns, averaging 16.3 yards per reception. Uh, I mean, dude is a weapon for Big Ben. Uh, and, and, I mean... These late round picks that Pittsburgh ends up drafting, it, I mean, they end up producing exactly like first round picks. Um, in the draft this year, Chase Claypool was uh, the 49th pick overall, uh, second round. And uh, he's just proven himself as, you know, a weapon that Big Ben can rely on. Uh, I mean, dude's projected to have 857 yards on the season. Uh, 11 touchdowns so I, I mean I'd see him getting a mo- way more than 857 yards honestly I mean you know the receiving core in the offensive hole I mean it, it has a they have a lot of uh, weapons to distribute to and they do a very good job at evenly distributing through the offense I mean his last five games uh, Chase Claypool has 18 receptions for 248 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, his last five games, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. And I mean, obviously he did not come in right away the first few weeks of the season, but through the last five, it's where, you know, the bread and butter has been. And, you know, it's, this guy is definitely going to cause us some problems 
for his career being in Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm not looking forward to seeing this guy twice a year, but you know, from a football fan aspect, I'm really excited to watch this guy play. And you know, dude has a bright future ahead of him. So it, you know, definitely going to be exciting watching this guy, but not when uh, he's playing us. So uh, Brandon's coach of the year. Um, we're going to go, uh, he's going with Mike Tomlin, which, uh, <laughs> you know, now that Kevin Stefanski is coming out of my mouth, it kind of seems like that uh, might have been a dumbass pick by me. Um, Mike Tomlin has done a lot of, th- I mean, he's done great things over his entire coaching career. Um, obviously, this season has been so far uh, his best uh, that he's been with the Sealers. Uh, I mean, he's been a great coach so far coming in. Uh, it, it sucks that we got to play this guy twice a year. Uh, so <laughs> it's like I said, it's uh, he got hired in 07. It's been with the uh, he's been head coach of the Steelers ever since. Uh, he has a record of 140 and 74, uh, with, along with the one tie and, uh, we know what that tie is. Um, he, he's been phenomenal as, as a coach, um, Super Bowl champs, 08, uh, 2010 AFC champions. Uh, and it's, you know, it's been pretty much greatness ever since then. I mean, ever since the AFC Championship game, uh, 2011, they went 12 and four, then eight and eight, eight and eight again, uh, 11 and five, 10 and six, 11 and five, 13 and three, nine and six, eight and eight, and now so far seven and zero oh on the season. Uh, I mean, this team is a very, very great football team, and it's it sucks that they're in our division, they're leading the division, and we have to. <laughs> compete with these with these guys and Baltimore on top of it. Uh, it, it just it's bad <laughs> for us, uh, but it makes it exciting. Uh, Mike Tomlin has definitely done great things, uh, and like I said, I mean talking about it now and uh, Brandon giving this pick now it makes me seem kind of stupid that I still picked our coach. Uh, I, I definitely do have faith in Kevin Stefanski. Don't get me wrong, but in all reality, I I think Mike Tomlin. I'm definitely, I'm straight up just going to change my pick. I think Mike Tomlin will end up getting it at this point. Um, maybe, I don't know. Uh, I, I think just with the, obviously Mike Tomlin has produced a better team in the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Kevin Stefanski with the situation and him being a first time head coach and all, you know, all the circumstances coming in and, you know, producing a winning Browns football season for the first time in a very long time. Uh, I think he also has a good chance at going for it. Uh, Kevin Savansky does. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, that play out. Um, his comeback player of the year, also Ben Roethlisberger. in uh, another guy that's been a Pittsburgh legend. Uh, it's going to go down. It's probably an NFL legend. Uh, not much you can say about the guy, really. It's 
Another guy that you absolutely hate is in your division. Got to see him twice a year. Obviously, he's dominated us uh, through his whole career and protected his house when we went over there. Uh, since 99, we have not... Well, in his career, uh, we have not beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. He definitely holds Heinz Field down. Uh, I'm hoping we can <laughs> break that, but so far, dude has protected his house, man. Um, it, it's He's dominated us over the past... Let me do my math here. 16 years, I believe. So... It's a, it's a wild one for sure. Um, so I, you know, honestly, guys, I think that about that's, you know, going to do it here. Uh, doing a solo episode, uh, you know, I'll kind of break the fourth wall here. This is kind of tough. Uh, you know, it flows really, really good when, you know, you have a guy to throw your ideas off and to have his ideas thrown to you and you, you, you know, you, it's just a simple conversation, man, uh, between two people instead of, you know, me just sitting here kind of talking to myself. But, um, you know, it's not the episode that you're used to on the podcast. Um, but, you know, the show must go on. Um, you know, I, I, I checked with him. I still wanted an episode to go out, honestly. So I checked with him. I'm like, you know, if it's cool with you, I'll just take it over myself. Uh, so. You know, we're hoping Brandon feels better real soon. Um, you know, we'll, you know, it's it's a personal thing, but, you know, I'm sure he'll keep you updated. Uh, you follow him on Twitter. I'll give you his exact at here. It is at Brandon, capital C, Wolf. Um, the W in Wolf is also capitalized. B in Brandon's capitalized. So, you know, you just follow him on Twitter. I'm sure he'll keep you guys posted. Um, you know, he'll keep me posted also, but, uh, you know, I'll let him give the updates about, you know, his, how he's feeling, his physical condition, you could say. Um, like I said, guys, you know, the show goes on. Uh, it, it was a challenge, but I enjoyed having the challenge with you just to give my thoughts to you guys, uh, my opinions, uh, you know, my predictions. You know, I mean, who knows? Uh, once the honors come around, we could both look like complete idiots. Um, but, I mean, like I said, breaking the fourth wall is kind of tough. You know, doing this episode by myself to you guys. But, you know, this is something that me and Brandon both enjoy doing very much um, individually. Um, you know, me personally, this is what makes me happy in life. Um, I'll just go on a tangent real quick. You know, I think the meaning of life is to do what makes you happy. And this is it for us. So, um, you know, we are going to do whatever we can to get this episode out to, you know, keep the content going. We love doing this. Um, so, you know, more of the story, I guess we're, we're going to do whatever we can to get an episode out to you guys. Um, you know, through sickness and all that, um, you know, we're definitely going to find a way to make sure the bark of the Browns lives on forever. As we said, I think it was like the first episode, um, you know, we definitely want this thing to be a forever thing. And, you know, we love doing this. Um, you know, I'll just close it out right here. So, um, you know, I enjoyed doing it by myself. It was a challenge, but, you know, it was a fun challenge to face. Hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at Asus Sports Shoot. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to tweet at me telling me and I'm an idiot, <laughs> go ahead, I guess. Um, but, you know, does any support we can get is great. We appreciate you guys listening. Um, you know, a couple of you guys on Twitter always show us love and, you, you know, give us feedback on the show. Give us, you know, just be positive with us and, you know, just the interaction with us. It, it means a lot. You know, we're both young guys in this industry trying to come up, and make a name for ourselves doing this. So, you know, we appreciate the support, the listens, you know, the shares, the interactions on Twitter or on Instagram. If you follow the Instagram page, um, you know, we appreciate all their interaction all the feedback you guys give us. Uh, so this has been the Bark of the Browns podcast solo episode. And as always, guys, go Browns.